Thanks for tuning in to Witch Police Radio. This is episode number 58, and this week I'm joined by David Dobbs and Matthew Powers of Vampires, as well as return guest Daryl Riley from Gorillas of Soul. This week we discuss the theme advertisement in many forms, as well as listen to some good old-fashioned advertisements and play some songs that we somehow relate to the theme advertisements. Um, if you're tuning into this on the internet, I'd encourage you to check out the pod or the podcast or the radio show in a, a truncated hour-long format on UMFM. That's 101.5 in Winnipeg on Monday nights at 11. If you're outside of Winnipeg, you can go on their website, umfm.com, and stream it live. We're also on the Facebook, Witch Police Radio, and on Twitter, at Witch Police FM, and on Stitcher. Stitcher.com is a website that makes downloading and streaming podcasts on your mobile device very convenient and easy and we'd encourage people who like the show or enjoy the show to please tell some friends about it uh we're just doing it for fun and having listeners makes it all the better uh there'll be a live performance by vampires in my basement to start off the show and if you'd like to see a video of the performance it'll be probably on our facebook page and the website witchpolice.com enjoy the show
and Debono. I'll do it. What gives? You want to do it? Just wait till you see what I've got. It's the Wonder Boner. <laughs> the Wonder Boner? Oh, you laugh now. Just watch. You just assemble the Wonder Boner stainless steel rods like this. Take the fish, find the top of the spot, sliding through the ring on the Wonder Boner, and... <laughs> Voila! The Wonder Boner. My wife would like that. <laughs> Introducing the Wonder Boner, the amazing new fishing tool that makes deboning fish a breeze. The Wonder Boner's unique design removes the bones from trout, char, and whitefish. Simply connect the appropriate size stainless steel rods, start the spine through the ring, and push the fish through. It's that easy. And the Wonder Boner comes with a polyethylene storage case that doubles as a base and a cutting board. Why go through the hassle of deboning a fish the old-fashioned way when the Wonder Boner makes deboning fish this easy? Well, I think the Wonder Boner's a winner. So, uh, Dave, where did you get the Wonder Boner? It's funny you should ask. Order your Wonder Boner now. Call 1-800-310-3039 and receive the amazing Wonder Boner for just $19.95. The Wonder Boner comes complete with three stainless steel rod tops and two extension rods and will debone fish up to three pounds. The Wonder Boner is the perfect gift for your fishing friends and your favorite chef. In fact, every tackle box and every kitchen should have the Wonder Boner. Call 1-800-310-3039 and order your Wonder Boner for only $19.95. 1-800-310-3039. Call now. Oh, All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Um, this is your regular host, uh, John, here. And I'm joined by three guests tonight. Uh, but before we uh, introduce them, maybe I'll just introduce the uh, premise of the show. That there was a commercial for the Wonder Boner. And if you've never heard the show before, we use a random word generator to generate a random theme word for the show. And this show's theme is advertisement. So we'll be picking some tracks uh, for your listening pleasure. Uh, that somehow relate to the theme of advertisement. So I'm joined tonight by return guest Daryl Riley. Hello. <laughs> That's his normal, his usual voice. Yeah. And uh, I'm also joined by the members of Vampire. We've got David Hi. and Matthew. Hello. So uh, yeah, welcome guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us, coming John. on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for recommending the Wonder Boner commercial. <laughs> oh, yes. <yeah. laughs> Glad I could enlighten everybody to the. Uh, Wonder Boner. I think they said it nine times. <laughs> <laughs> it's very practical, though. It really seems like it might, you know, do a whole lot of good for some people. Yeah, that's what a lot of these infomercials with, like, the really stupid but maybe good, good idea uh, products, they always it's strike me as, like, It's not a bad idea. That might work. Yeah. <laughs> but the name of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a little uh, off-putting, I suppose. I mean, three guys camping... They're probably talking about boners a lot. <laughs> now it's just got to make it wonderful, a little bit more wonderful. I just don't understand how you come to that name without realizing that <laughs> yeah. it seems like a joke, you know? Like yeah. someone has to look at that and think, like, you know. It's almost the opposite of what they're implying the product does, too, because it doesn't bone, it debones. Debones, yeah, the fish deboner. The okay. deboner would feel, be like, you know... Droopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Amazing deboning tool. If you want to get rid of your boner, the deboner. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a KTEL one, but I think we'll be bringing you some uh, some KTEL down the road. 
Well, I think what was Daryl saying too, like, is it like satire or is it funny? Like, is it supposed to be? Because like, if it's a yeah. KTL commercial, like, it seems like it's the worst acting in the world. And so they're saying like Wonder Woman and no, no, like really like. If it, I could believe it, it's like slap comedy or something. All right. Well, before we get into like some music, maybe uh, I'd like to hear about uh, your band Vampires. There, I've heard you play before, but it ha- it's been a while. Mm. What's uh, <clears throat> what's up with, with what vampires? the hell's going on with vampires? It's been a year since I've played a show. Okay. Since, uh, this music has hit a stage <clears throat> in Winnipeg or anywhere. Yeah. Um, I met Matt on the internet through a website. <laughs> plenty <laughs> of fish. <laughs> plenty of fish. Bandcamp. <laughs> I bought his record. He had a deboner. You want to? No, he doesn't have dreads. No, he doesn't. You know, so he that's totally kind of like the stage presence. That was kind of like part of the part of the visual side of the band. So, what are you going to do to bring that up? <laughs> rasta hats, lots of rasta hats. I think. Well, Matt washes his hair, so he, he brings a shine. So you get other sorts of points. And he's got he's got this badass beer belly that I think when he takes his sh- shirt off is really gonna make. People realize what's different. Make heads turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing more catching than a glistening beer belly. That's that's all I want. I don't know. I think Matt looks like a pirate, so I hired him. <laughs> that's pretty much it. So have you been? Um, I mean, you've been working on music. Did you have any other projects you're working on in the in the meantime? Somehow I had nothing to do for nine months, and then in the last four months I've been a part of four or five projects, playing shows. Okay, because you're and you're also you know involved with some. Uh, like little festivals and stuff going on around town, are you not? I'm involved in a volunteer sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I get to venue manage the Sherbrooke Hotel on the 25th of January okay. for uh, Dead Ranch Potatoes and Party Dress. Isn't that amazing? That's, like, the that, best thing in the world. When's the last time, has anyone seen a show there? The last band to play no. there was Dead Ranch. Yeah. Because Andre, the guitarist, is, he works, he's the guy who works at the beer vendor. That was, what, two years ago? Something like that? They also played a show like know. nine months ago there. They're the only band to have been playing shows there. Because <laughs> I think one of the guys works there. It's awesome. And it's an awesome venue. It's like, yeah, like I've, it's been years even since I've kind of scuttled through there looking for a bank machine or something. But <laughs> the few times that I was in, I kind of look, looked around and thought, oh, yeah, I could see this happen. Like yeah. It's got a kind of a low stage. and I used to live right around the corner from there. Like, you could see the entrance from my apartment window. Yeah, I think we both lived in that same <laughs> apartment. <laughs> so I used to go there. We'd just, like, go there for drinks and to play some pool and stuff. Yeah. yeah it was always, like, dirt cheap, you know, and empty, so. 325 tequila shots. And there's some crazy back, backdrop painting. Like, it's a big epic on the stage piece. yeah behind the stage yeah it looks like it would be a really good disco bar back in the day <laughs> then they had pool tables and BLTs so yeah I get to venue that um, I'm playing a show on the 24th with Vampires at the Legion <coughs> and then uh, that's that's it oh and I'm interviewing pe- people too like I'm gonna get a handheld microphone and run around and just interview random people this is as part of Big Fun or something else? Uh, this is just a radio show. Yeah, for UMFM. Yeah, so when, why don't you tell people when your, your show is on? Tuesdays at 8. Every Tuesday at 8. Hell yeah, Winnipeg. 101.5 UMFM. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Plugged. Yeah, definitely. It's a fun show. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of like local music. <laughs> good, good rock, good roll. 
Yeah, okay. So the premise of Hell Yeah Winnipeg is to relate Winnipeg to, like, other national cities or North American cities, you know. I guess I grew up with a lot of people saying, uh, there's not much to do in Winnipeg and there's, you know, there's no scene or whatever, which is complete bullshit or horse poo. And, you know, you just go look at any poster board. There's dozens of things to do. And if that's not what you're into, like, there's, there are things. You just got to go find them. You can't be lazy. Yeah. So I play Winnipeg bands alongside other hype bands in the world or bands that I like and kind of like, you know, I dare you to tell me the difference hmm. you know, and which was the Winnipeg band. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And Matthew, like, have you, uh, before you started playing with Vampires, what were you, what were you up to musically? Um, for the last year, not a lot, really. I was uh, playing with Sit Down Tracy, a band, up until last year sometime. We split up, and then uh, since then I've just been kind of wallowing in my basement, waiting for something to happen, <laughs> writing my own songs, which is where I met David. He uh, replied, he bought my album online and then said it sounded really good, so we kind of started talking, and now we're playing in each other's bands. Nice. Um, but yeah kind of been doing nothing for the last year just well what's this other project though that you'd mentioned earlier midnight uh, review presents yeah um yeah that's my basement project that's the thing i've been kind of doing for years just kind of writing my own songs and when i was playing with bands if i wrote a song that didn't fit with that band i'd keep it for myself and what do you write on um what do you mean instrument ah everything i can uh I throw a drum track down or write a guitar track do the drums myself, do the vocals, do the bass. I have friends that help out sometimes when I can't. I'm not very good at keyboard or bass or guitar or things like that. I can play some Okay, you're underselling stuff. yourself. You wrote like a whole album with horns and keyboards and like <laughs> strings and all sorts of crazy shit. But the thing that like really impressed me is that uh, I, I just found it like on the internet. You know, I thought it was like a cool kind of like Queens of the Stone Age meets kind of like gothic noir kind of like rock band. <clears throat> And I didn't even know it was from Winnipeg until I actually went back to the Bandcamp site. I was like, whoa, you're from Winnipeg? Why have I never heard you play before? Like, 2012, this just came out. And it's because Matt wrote it all himself just in his basement. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you should play shows. Yeah, yeah, that's what people have said. So I've, that's that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'd like yeah. to play sometime. So is the idea, though, to play it as a two-piece, even if you have, like, these other things going on? Oh, no, it's, uh, you know, you need a, it's a band. It's, it's a, a pretty thing. big band, yeah. yeah. Some okay. of the songs can be played with, you know, a standard four kind of piece band or whatever, <clears throat> but there's some of them that, like David said, there's horns and yeah. keyboards and all sorts of other stuff going on in the tracks. It, when you have a keyboard and the limited time in your basement, you can keep adding things and adding <laughs> right. things and adding things. So. How long did the whole process take? Um, over, I think, about two years I was kind of writing the songs and then finally had enough together that were sort of of a like theme that I could put together and release as an album so probably about three years for a whole process of kind of getting the songs the way i wanted them or you know that kind of thing learning how to do it myself learning how to record all the songs by myself so. yeah if people wanted to check that out what uh how could they go about it um a couple different places i have Bandcamp, uh midnight review presents dot bandcamp dot com i think that's the way it, their addresses work uh i'm on facebook just like everybody else midnight review presents Nice. Vimeo, YouTube, Twitter, all the... Yeah, are you making videos? Um, Yeah, I've... uh, There's a a really strong visual aspect, I think, with with the MRP music, and uh, 
I'm not very good at shooting or editing and stuff like that, but I've shot some stuff. I did a time lapse out my window when I lived in uh, the village for, I shot it for a year and then edited it all together. It took forever, but it was really fun. Shot it all on like a VHS camcorder and then edited it myself. Took freaking forever, <laughs> man. People do that. It took a year to edit. It took a year to shoot it. It took a year to edit it. Wow, I don't want to see that now. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But um, yeah, I uh, I like to try and shoot some stuff, but I'm not very good. There's any video people out there? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. I guess they're not down here in the basement. <laughs> no, <laughs> somewhere hiding down no. here. No. Good hiding spot. <clears throat> All right, cool. Why don't we get into a track, Daryl? We'll maybe get into what you're into. Uh, in a bit, do you want to um, maybe start us off with the song, though? Sure. <laughs> the one guy who came prepared with music. Yeah, that's kind of the way I was. <laughs> I'll go with, I don't know what, I think we'll do this. Because we have, I have the, the 90s commercial to go along with this one. Now, when we talked about advertising, and now the, the upside to this week, as opposed to I did... Which police back in August? Yeah, Sam isn't here, but Sam knows every episode and the guests and what episode number it was. But what was the theme? It was Agitator. Agitator. (laughs) Agitator, Misinterpreted by Daryl as Alligator. (laughs) (laughs) So I had no idea what to go for with Alligator. So Mike kind of like looked outside the box and brought a whole bunch of music and then got here and realized what the theme was and kind of like we made a pretty good show. We had a good time. But this time I actually got the theme right. So I was thinking about advertising and from a music perspective, I've always kind of found it interesting how as someone who was born in the 80s and kind of grew up in the 90s, I, uh, there's some songs that I associate directly with commercials, um, like yeah. a rock, Chevy, mm. <laughs> right. you know? Um, one of them being Cheese Whiz, has personality, right? Yeah, Everybody remembers that commercial from the 1990. So, uh, so we're going to listen to that. But I actually, Lloyd Price had a huge hit with that song, Mr. Personality. It was one of his biggest songs. And he's he, uh, he came out with it in, I think it was 54. And it was this crazy song. So it's I, I, I couldn't find, I was looking online trying to find how much he sold the song for when he when he mm. sold it to Cheese Whiz. But he is for how much cheese Lizzie got in return <laughs> for the song. He's a billionaire though. He's he's actually really made it and it's usually you hear about these black musicians, especially black musicians from the forties and fifties that just got ripped yeah. off and never Old saw nothing penny and yeah. Of yeah. It. Somehow he he actually wrote all of his all of the music that he made popular, which was not common, you know, of the day. Yep. And yeah, it was actually able to. Uh, I, I think he's still alive. So, we'll listen to uh, the Cheese Whiz commercial online, mm-hmm. and then we'll listen to the actual song. Nice. Take plain vegetables and add personality. 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 Personality, cheese with ass. Personality to your veggies. Oh, 
tried to prove my love to you Over and over What more can I do Over and over My friend says I'm a fool But over, over and over I'll be a fool for you Cause you've got Personality Walk with Throw it in the corner. The, the, the arrow was just smashed bottles everywhere. It's insane. And just like you're gonna make a drinking glass out of like some s- super sharp shard. <laughs> yeah. I glass. like the premise though. No, 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 it's bottles. not. You so sand it down. Sand I know. Yeah. I've got to say, my friend Dustin Dirksen, yes. he makes awesome glasses out of bottles. 
Okay. He cuts them all himself. He heats it up. He cuts them. He makes tumblers. He makes full glasses, wine bottles, beer bottles. They all make different. He's done a whole line. He filled up his girlfriend's cabinets. It's great. It's really cool. <laughs> K-Tel. Cool. Well, no, no. I don't think <laughs> K-Tel's it, but that is great. Like, he, he's just a really, you know, handy, handy person. Guy, yeah. No, yeah. I think the premise of this but. particular uh, tool is, is totally on point. Why not? Why not reuse everything around, around somehow? But once again, with the, the slapstick KTEL presentation, it just seems like a hokey idea. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's yeah. either you do this or you smash them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your only and options. It kind of seems like a hassle. Like It's like a five-step process. There. As I understand it, in Winnipeg, our glass is not recycled. Right? Like beer bottles, if you take them back yeah. to the vendor or whatever, no, they just they get will. they get rolled down into like uh, like uh, sand. They just get broken down. It's not actually recycled. They smash them at the vendor too. You know? <laughs> yeah. you see them whipping them into the bag. It's like yeah, that's their their release for the end of the day or whatever. And the zoo's the only vendor that makes you separate the bottles from brown, green, and clear. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, like the guys back there, do that. I guess because they're so busy. Not 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 because they're assholes. <laughs> There's some other places that make you separate. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah okay. For sure. for sure. It's not just them. I've been, I've been, I get told what for, you know, <laughs> at the Fox. Mm. Fox, yeah. Isn't that the Fox? Right? On Polo, um, right near uh, Polo Park. St. James, yeah. Yeah, St. James yeah. there. Yeah. All right, so that was uh, <laughs> Mr. Personality by, by Lloyd Price, a song that we all know well, at least in commercial form. <laughs> I don't think any of us other people had heard the, uh, the original. Before. I don't think I had until I, I saw the record at, I, I don't know where, you know, some random ass place. Yeah. And I was like, oh. and because it says Mr. Personality, right? Mr. Personality right on the, on the front of the records. It's intriguing. So I was intrigued. That was my first time hearing Mr. Personality by Lloyd Price. And so. uh, I, I, Totally sounds like Sam Cooke, and Daryl was saying that it predates Sam Cooke. It's totally mm-hmm. before. So, uh, I did. Our, we had our fat fact checkers during the break there, uh, you know, working the phones for us, and they they came up with 145 million as his uh, his possible net worth. net worth. Now, who knows with the uh, their internets, you know. What, yeah, I don't how know where, accurate like, this really you get is, this information from. but <laughs> you know he's done all right for himself at the very least. Clearly, yeah. How does that work with like you get royalties? Like no matter like depending on how many times it gets played, because oh, yeah. that must be what he did. Sometimes it's not like they bought it off him for a size. They just like buy the rights to the song and then they own the song. I mean, I'm sure there's different deals for different everything, but he probably gets paid per play. Per jar of cheese whiz sold. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you, you could be right. He could have just taken a... For every 40,000 jars, he gets like a clean check. He is an entrepreneur. He started up... He uh, he, he does a whole bunch of different businesses. So maybe he that was his uh, his startup. And on the back yeah. of the record, it's, uh, it's musician, composer, arranger, manager. Like he was definitely his... He was the real deal looking after himself. <laughs> No, apparently when he first started, he didn't have a band, so he just, he walked, I don't know what studio he walked into, but then they had Fats Domino there, so Fats Domino just played on his record. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. a pretty good stroke of luck, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's totally. But it's weird for us, right? Because I think we're now, we've, this TV's been around long enough that we came up with a couple others there during the break that 
You know, we just, we absolutely associate them 100%. It's perfect marketing. Really, really good marketing, right? Yeah, there, are, there will be even, like, commercials that maybe had the jingle written just for the commercial, and it hasn't been on TV in, like, 15 years, and it'll pop into my head, and I'll start humming it, <laughs> and realize well, it's just in there. Like, it really did its oh, job. Yeah. yeah. They get they get in and kind of jingle. Make, I don't know if they make me buy things, but they definitely, like, remind me they of probably the do, product. Though. Probably do, though. Probably do. Depends what the product is, I suppose. I probably ran around my house going ba da ba 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 like five times a minute. <laughs> you know, like for a, a was that Timberlake or was that Backstreet Boys that did that one? Or I have no idea, but it's McDonald's to me. I know, but it was like I think it was probably just some, you know, jingle maker. Yeah, it was probably some like sixteen-year-old kid that they paid a nickel to. Or some, or some supercomputer who like, you yeah. know, like yeah. this is the happiest tone you can think of that will stick in people's heads. So I thought that one was actually by like a, a star at one point. I just mapped getting, it. Yeah, just, this took it to stick Harvard. In your head. The perfect harmony for to make you hungry. Yeah, I could totally eat some McDonald's right now. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It worked. Well, but like advertising, such a. A funny thing because you, I think you need an audio component to it. Like you could have visuals, you know, and that works up to a certain point. But unless you can associate a texture to it, it's, yeah. it's really hard to ingrain itself. I got into um, I was visiting like some cousins once, and they this was when I was quite a bit younger. But they would mute commercials, <laughs> and I when I would still watch TV years afterwards, I got into the habit of muting commercials. They're way less offensive. Like, you know, they're usually a little bit louder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. the people are, it's like so dumb. I always feel like it's be, I'm being dumbed down too. And like, they're, you know, it just makes me feel like an idiot watching these commercials. So muting went a long way to making it okay. Yet they specifically design commercials knowing that there's a good chance you're gonna mute it. Hmm. Or walk away from it, yeah. Like they know that there's a decent chance that you're going to sit in the room, you're going to mute that TV. So they tell you absolutely everything you need to know in the commercial visually. So you just sure think that you are not <laughs> paying attention. But because the sound's gone, you might actually be more it's, drawn it's to the screen. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it's very double-sided, and you, you think you're not being falling victim to it, but you are. Yeah. I just know that, like... I, I had to mute commercials after a time. Like, I couldn't stand it anymore. Absolutely. But, but so I'd be at, like, a friend's house, you know, with a few people sitting around, and a commercial would come on, I'd reach over, mute, and everybody would, like, look over, like, what what the hell are you doing? Because <laughs> yeah. it creates it's this weird awful. vacuum of silence when it's you're so moment. used to the din yeah. Yeah, yeah. constantly going on. <laughs> but, yeah. Commercials suck. I'm sure we'll... <laughs> talk more about it. I mean, they they have their role. Like, I know why they're there, yeah. but how they became so crazy. So prominent. Well, I, I think Sigmund Freud had a lot to do with it. Yeah. I was doing some research. Oh, I know you're... Yeah, yeah, I've seen that documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good documentary and how, like, the military basically bought into his psychosis or, like, his stuff like and pumped millions of dollars into the public imagery to yeah so what was it it was no he had like um a nephew who moved to the united states and who i don't think he ever at first knew sigmund freud but then he read all of his literature and got really into the ideas behind it and went into mar like he was went into marketing and he kind of used some of the tools that he the sub learned. subconscious uh, almost like hypnosis and how you would trick people and he was and, you know. devilishly good at it yeah <laughs> and made crazy amounts of money and then sure. the US military uh, digested the same material saying this is what we need to you know market ourselves or whatever mm -hmm. the branding as 
And so they pumped like millions of dollars into the infrastructure to make advertising, you know, like you know, bright colors and certain amounts of time and what's going to hold your attention. But meanwhile, Freud's own sister had committed suicide or attempted suicide because she was so Anna Freud, you know, she was so uh, distraught with the methods and techniques, right? And it was too late. The military had already pumped so much cash into it that they couldn't take it back. That it was a bad idea. It wasn't a followed through thought. You know? Yeah, they're just ready to jump on something that it was just looked like it would be a it was high ticket. But I think that maybe given different means, governments have been spewing propaganda over their populace oh, for yeah. thousands Absolutely. of years, and it's just the new face of the devil. <laughs> well, like the uh, Nuremberg rallies, like in uh, in uh, Germany, like you, we find out years later that they were totally orchestrated and they were completely like choreographed, and they they had nothing really to do with the campaign of the Nazis, it was just what the campaign wanted everyone to think they were doing, you know, like thousands of people were into this stuff. And I guess some people were, I mean, there's footage of thousands of people, but it, it was all choreographed, it was all ad-libbed, or pre-libbed. <laughs> pre-libbed. <laughs> it was the same sort of, like, patriotic fear, fear that, you know, people got whipped into here, too. You know, it's not. It's more extreme, obviously. But if you look at the things that people do in times of war, when they think their backs are up against the wall, it's insane oh, what you can justify. Yeah. But how can we, living here in the middle of, you know, the only continent that hasn't been invaded in the last like hundred or however long? You know, we can't. It's hard for us to understand what it'd be like to live through something like that. I think. Yeah. If not impossible. Yeah, and the information, the idea of information has changed. I read something recently about, like, yeah, growing up in a time where families were very rural, and so this would have applied to Canada, <coughs> even where there was, like, some sort of nuclear threat, and the only information you ever got was through your radio, because mm. there aren't houses for miles around. And so when all you hear is, like, some sort of imminent destruction is coming, uh, and there would be, like, the kids who saw their parents who were freaked out as opposed to, you know, trying to, like, keep things stable... Uh, that was a time that you know some people in Canada actually did grow up in, but it's yeah. these days feeling pretty. Well, I've pretty heard different. this like mythical story about a time when people like trusted their government, <laughs> 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 and I just it's a good idea. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind. Around. It's not. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not like ragging on. We we don't. I don't want to get into a discussion about our government, but it's just such a foreign concept to me that people could blindly trust politicians the way that it seems that they used to before, yeah. say, Vietnam. That seemed to, Vietnam they, seemed to wake a lot of people up. Or the way that they, like, they seem to portray the trust. Like, I don't really know anyone who in their 60s, 70s, or 80s that actually still trusts, you know, these things. Like, they're like, ah, oh, it's the best we have. we got to make do. Or, like, I don't completely understand it, but I'm doing, you know. But when you talk to someone, yeah, like you say, they, they totally say, like, they... They had this uttermost faith in the message and the medium. And it was just because there's only two channels and you have to kind of, you're either liberal or conservative by CBC or not CBC. So it seemed to be the big, the big push. But there was the incident in the States where H.G. Wells read uh, The War of the Worlds <laughs> live, right? He did like a live uh, play, live on air. And people tuned in bef after the. The, the prologue or whatever like this yeah. is a radio broadcast 
and they thought it was real and people everywhere were going crazy and he after after it all happened he almost got in really big trouble mm -hmm. but then in the end they, he didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are you gonna what are you gonna do i think that i think that's a good segue into my song because i've chosen don't believe the hype right yeah and like that's one of the i think the one of the problems with advertising on the whole is the uh, this the hype, the illusion to guarantee, you know, like this product is going to work no matter what. Or your money back guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's planned obsolescence and it's going to break the second it empties the package. But up until that moment, it's like, it's going to work. It's and it's also work. the promise, right? Yeah. You're going to be a better person and happier and all around, you know, better for it. <laughs> for doing this. Yeah. I, I didn't even really know Public Enemy very much. I was actually watching an episode of Oz, that prison yeah. drama. Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we all watched a late night showcase in our basements. I love that kind of <laughs> And, like, McManus, the uh, the teacher, he was, he was, he was like, graduating. Um, they're supposed to have a graduating class, right, of inmates who had finally, you know, all, all year worked towards the diploma. And the, the governor pulled funding to the, the uh, prison school pro program like like three weeks before graduation was supposed to happen. And this character, McManus, got up and at the end of his rant, where it's like, and then the words of Chuck D, don't believe the hype. And I was like, whoa, this is a Chuck D guy. I gotta check this out. And that's just kind of where it came from. But yeah, no, I think hype is, it, it's why advertising exists, but it's also what's wrong with advertising. For the same thing, it's a new thing. Check out this, I bring a old aroma, lower level, cause I'm living low next to the base. Come on! Turn up the radio, they're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how, some people never know. The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan, I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist, preach the teacher. Oh. Cause don't they never had this? Number one, never wanna run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, I'm the epitome, a public enemy Used abuse without clues I refuse to blow a fuse They even had it on the news Don't believe the hype Was the start of my last jam So here it is again Another death jam But since I gave you all A little something that I knew you lacked They still consider me a new jack All the critics you can hang on my hold the rope But they hope to the Pope And pray it ain't dope The follow-up Farrakhan Don't tell me that you understand Until you hear the man The book up the new school rap game Writers treat me like Coltrane Insane Yes to them but to me I'm a different kind we're brothers on the same mind, unblind, caught in the middle end, not surrendering. I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling. So claiming that I'm a smuggler. Some say I never heard of ya, a rap burglar, false media. We don't need it, do we? It's fake, that's what it be to you, dig me? Yo, Terminator X, step up on the stand and show these people what time it is, boy. Don't believe the 
it's a sequel. As an equal, can I get this through to you? My 98 booming with a trunk of funk. All the jealous punks can't stop the dunk. Coming from the school of hard knocks, some perpetrate. They drink Clorox, attack the black because I know they lack exact. The cold facts, and still they try to Xerox. The leader of the new school, uncool. Never played the fool, just made the rules. Remember, there's a need to get alarm. Again, I said I was a time bomb. In the daytime, radio scared of me, cause I'm mad. Plus, I'm the enemy. They can't come on and play me in prime time, cause I know the time. Plus, I'm getting mine. I get on the mix late in the night. They know I'm living right, so here goes the mic sight. Before I let it go, don't rush my show. You try to reach and grab and get elbow. Word to her, yo, if you can't swing this, learn the words. You might sing this, just a little bit of the taste of the bass for you. As you get up and dance at the LQ, with some denied to buy it, I swing bolos. And then they clear the lane, I go solo. The meaning of all of that to media is the whack. As you believe it's true, it blows me through the roof. Suckers, liars, give me a shovel. Some writers I know are damn devils. From them I say don't believe the hype. Yo, Chuck, they must be on the pipe, right? Their pens and pads I snatch cause I've had it. I'm not an addict, fiend, if we're static. I see their tape recorder and I grab it. No, you can't have it back, silly rabbit. I'm going to my media assassin, Harry Allen. I gotta ask him. Yo, Harry, you're a writer. Are we that tight? Think of all the dollars you can save. Buy one now.
Air Magician comes complete with heavy vinyl case, attachments, barber comb, extra blade, and erections. Only $2.99. Erections? Was that just a typo? What's going on there? I think that's directions. It said directions. It sounded a lot like erections. It sounded completely like erections. And for people who are just listening, like it's basically a comb with a razor in it. Yeah, like jagged. It's like the Flobies, terrible cousin. Just Yeah. It's taking off millimeters of your hair. Ancestry. Yeah, right. Just a knife with a comb on it. <laughs> How heavy is that case? How heavy are we talking? <laughs> yeah, so uh, don't believe the hype. Public Enemy. Public Enemy and Chuck D. Um, you know, it was either that or like that Baz Lutheran, don't forget to wear sunscreen. Mm-hmm. That, that was my other pick tonight. So I'm happy I chose Public Enemy. Do you guys know that one? Yeah, sure. And don't forget to wear sunscreen. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. No. no. Well, why is that? <laughs> it had like some sort of popularity. I don't, and it was before YouTube. <laughs> I think it's like a. Public, it was a much music video. It was a. It was like yeah. It was like the, it's like um, the cha cha slide. <laughs> We're gonna get to a second song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll get there. Oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're gonna play that one, are we? I think David's second pick was uh, "Don't Put It in Your Mouth." Yeah. <laughs> the concerned yeah. children advertisers <laughs> might look good to eat, but <laughs> might look good to eat. It might look good to eat like a That's something like a muffin or a beat. All right, <laughs> dancing beats. <laughs> yeah. I think advertising back in the day was a lot more uh, quote unquote trippy. You know, it was a lot less direct. Yeah, do you remember the? Um yeah, it's super direct. The robot, right? The Buy robot. It, no. She's an Apple's Buy robot. It, no. oh, yeah. Yeah. it will make you yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it. Now. Or if you go farther back, I think you get even, yeah, you get weirder advertisements <laughs> for things. Yeah, you get like, like acid trip melted commercials, like, oh, yeah. like kids TV shows. Yeah, but it's only weirder to us because we're sitting here now. You can't judge something in a different era Out of context. Way. Like yeah, kids cartoons today are, are off the wall weird to me, you know. <laughs> But seriously, though, that commercial with the I can take my arm off and you can't, the robot one, like, that that was bizarre as hell. Come on. This is some weird science fiction world where this robot's flying around gears and <laughs> flying saws and shit. Like, who, what kind of kid is exposed to this nowadays? There's it, no gears it, it and was, flying saws. It was supposed to be the future. <laughs> like, like, the Jetsons wasn't really a show. It was, it was, it was like a how-to, but it didn't really come true. Yeah. <laughs> be prepared uh, yeah, manual. Right. Yeah. Make sure you put that dog. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. They, they had a robo dog. Yeah. It it toyed with Astro. You, can, you can't replace Astro. You can replace butlers, though, with robotic butlers. Well, there's something about advertising. Could you replace a product even though it's the same? Like, could I come out with cheese fun or, like, cheese the da- sauce? Or the David Dobbs grill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think remarketing is the key to marketing is just <coughs> taking old ideas and making them new again you know right put a call for sure vinyl yeah. cd cd or tape cd ipod you like make some tiny minuscule difference and then with lemon fresh scent uh-uh. new bricks with lemon fresh scent <laughs> <laughs> grip proof grips the perfect example is like something like windows or something you know like other other uh, computer uh, programs where you have to buy one and then you have to get an upgrade every like freaking six uh, months or car car models you know every year it's like a new they change a couple centimeters on the back end of the car and it's a whole new name I mean that almost like 
surely they do a good enough job designing a car that it's going to be, you know, it's going to work for a little while. But no. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, every every yeah. We're talking about how people, how it was weird that people were breaking bottles back then, but people throw everything away. Everything now is, is made to have one use, you know, like the yeah. stupid one use coffee thing. Condoms. <laughs> Oh, I condoms, you know. You just, <laughs> you just toe in the line, man. Whatever. Rinse it out under, under, Doesn't under the say sink. one use only on there. <laughs> no, it's gonna soak Put the water. dryer on low. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Set all condoms, <laughs> all co- uh, most condoms, rather, all North American condoms are designed to hold exactly two pints of water as their stress point. Um, to the point where if, if you were stranded, say, on a desert island or somewhere and needed to transport water, you could count on carrying two pints and a condom. So buy non-lubricated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spermicide can't be good for you. <laughs> Don't store water. Not if you want to taste things. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, the amount of uh, <laughs> electronics, especially, like just get like tossed away and bought again. And talking to like now knowing... Some people with kids are knowing, like, working with kids a fair bit. Most of what they want, like, when it comes to, like, Christmas or birthdays is electronics. And these are ones that, you know, it's stuff that's just going to get tossed out in a couple mm-hmm. of years. Or, like, you know, when you first get, like, a new computer or a new, like, an iPod or something, you're, like, really careful. And, like, six months later, you're just, like, chucking it, you know, <laughs> towards yeah. the vicinity of the sofa. Because you know you can get <laughs> another one. Or packaging, too. Like, like everything I own comes in, like seven different processes of packaging <clears throat> that I really don't need. So what, do you want to take away those people's jobs to package it? Yeah, I've heard Hello. that before. I've heard that argument before. <laughs> and maybe those people could be, they could have better jobs if we did things better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just the token right-wing response. You do this, it's going to cost them jobs. Yeah. We can't allow immigrants into our country. My son is scrubbing floors at the A&W. because your son's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that shitty job because he's dumb and he didn't go to school because he's overprivileged. Yeah, we could have better jobs as opposed to people packaging things. I've worked on, on lines before at the Winnipeg Sun, packaging the uh, bundles of papers. No one's allowed to talk to each other. You wear face masks. No, no, no talking. No yeah. talking. Awful. It's like, does anyone have something to say? This sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no talking. Never mind. I really <laughs> like the person next to me's shirt. I've worn the telemap for three weeks. <laughs> they just respect your need for isolation as you spew shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No kidding, I mean. Am I allowed to swear on your radio show? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it airs pretty late. It happens quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, I've, it's bound you to can happen. air a swear if it's pre-recorded. <laughs> That's good to know. You can. Now, <laughs> Sam will probably cut this part out. Will Sam edit it or do you edit it? No, I edit it. Oh, all right. Well, you'll probably cut this part out. But you could say, like, fuck or shit or, like, whatever awful things you want to say. If it's pre-recorded and then you play it, you can record it five minutes before you put it on air. <laughs> yeah, that seems, and then even, that play seems it. worse, doesn't then, it? Because like as long as you can justify... <laughs> The reason, like, if you, if I interview <coughs> you for a show yeah. and you swear, it's a little different if, if it's, if it's your show and you're swearing, but if right. it's your show and I'm swearing and it's in context with the story that I'm telling, then you can make an argument that it is the, in that, that it is just in, in that context and thus air it. 
Especially if it's late night. <laughs> and if you have the, the, the warning beforehand. Yeah. Peg City Groove, five some to six. <laughs> so you can eat oh, yeah. Arthur Malloy or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we should get into another song pretty soon, but Daryl, we haven't talked about your uh, your projects and whatnot, so... Wait, wait, I was just here in August. No, but okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to a song. And, but no, you've got, you have some like newer news. Well, I'm tour managing for a band from Chernobyl. So okay. that's cool. Yeah. 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 But we can get into that. There after okay, song. let's just throw a song on here. I was going to follow up some, uh, some rap with some rap. Uh, I'm going to play uh, Word From Our Sponsor by uh, BDP. Just for uh, cool. the obvious hook line. All right, let's do it. This is a test of the Boogie Down production prevention against suck MCs. In the event of a real emergency, you would have been instructed on which jams to play and how loud to blast your radio. And now, a word from our sponsor. From the Bronx, Blastmaster KRS-One. Proving that my job ain't done until I get some more. No need to roar or yell, cause I can still tell what will sell and what have sold without yelling over a drum roll. That style is old. So unfold, blossom, bloom. You got the room, so go ahead and consume a new era. KRS One comes better. Bite another lyric? Never, cause I'm too clever. However, I own my own label. Partners with Scott LaRock, he's on the turntable. And partner Lee Smith. I'm exercising a true gift just to uplift Hip-hop, hip-hop, my voice is like a monster And now a word from my sponsor Seven, eight, nine, ten. I gotta start this rhyme again. How many words can I find that rhyme? And still keep in mind, every lyric must come out on time. Not many, but I have plenty. Scott LaRock sent me just to devastate anyone, any daughter, any son that comes my way. Hey, you got to go the other way. I represent my DJ, Scott LaRock, D-Nice, the beatbox. I only wear nights, not Adidas or Reeboks. Many people know me, yet I'm known by few. My name is KRS-One, son, not two. Or three or four or five or six. The mix is on Scott LaRock. Scott LaRock's on the mix.
about to witness the most amazing man-made jewelry ever created. <laughs> the original multicolor mood ring. This is the ring that senses your deepest feelings. <laughs> Scientifically developed, the incredible chromostone senses so thermal changes deep within your body. Reflects all your mood changes in a fascinating kaleidoscope of color. Responding to your deepest secrets, your most hidden emotions. <laughs> the beautifully crafted multicolor <laughs> mood ring reveals your subconscious feelings in a myriad of breathtaking color. From black to brown, yellow, green, to the most desired shade of violet blue. Discover the mysterious powers of the multicolor mood ring in elegant gold or silver tone settings. Dare to wear the original multicolor mood Dare ring with a fascinating chroma stone. Only $5 while supplies last. $5. See what I'm saying, though? If you watch that without the sound, you would still get absolutely everything important out of it. Well, that guy's like that guy's mustache meant business, yeah. His and hers. But they had they had like the the text to support the most the, all the key points. Now this mm. one's like Santa Claus for me because I believed in these mood rings for a long time. Like I, I was convinced that like I was gonna ask out so and so be based on like, I, this ring. I did you know? indeed. Yeah, I think I had one at one point. And then I put on two on each hand, and they were different colors, and Rule. that just like wrecked it for me. Like you didn't know there. about like the right and left brain, maybe at that point, <laughs> and how it communicates to the opposite. Opposite. Of that. Wait. Yeah. So yeah. So the left side of the brain would be turning your right hand red. Yeah. Because you've got like the logical side of your brain and the sort of okay. irrational. So uh, mood rings are legit thing then. They're he just good. sold Dave back They're science. They are science. Well, the uh, chroma stone. Yeah, the chroma stone. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like some sort of... lab. Yeah, it sounds like a <laughs> Superman stone. Oh, yeah. So that was uh, that was BDP with word from our sponsor, uh, just chosen for obvious reasons, and uh, we'll round out the rap portion of the show. <laughs> uh, but, Daryl, before we started, um, you were telling about telling us about this band that uh, I guess you're like booking a tour for. I know you've done this before, right? I think there was, um, I remember you promoting a show for some other band that came from like an interesting country. Was it from Cuba? From Cuba. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was an awesome show. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Um, Arabio. That was with Solid 80 Rock. And yeah. did they make it back to Cuba or did they? They did. They, they went to Cuba. Uh, when they were in Canada, they ended up playing with Agnostic Front. An opening mm -hmm. for Agnostic Front. Agnostic Front's lead singer, Roger Murray, is from Cuba. He became buddies with the band, and they booked Rabio to play the Black and Blue Ball Hardcore Festival <laughs> in New York wow. this last May. Mm -hmm. So we actually got this underground Cuban punk rock band, not only to tour Cuba for the first time, first time an underground band ever toured Cuba, on like ever toured their own country. That was with the Kids on Fire tour in 2009 or or something like that and then brought Arabio up here to Canada and had them play across Canada to packed houses and then mm. through that they uh, <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, through that they met up with Agnostic Friend who is one of their like biggest influences as a band as a hardcore punk rock band from Cuba um, and then they ended up being able to play New York, and they're still they're still they're writing new music, and they got a new record on the way. So very cool. cool. So who's this this other more recent band? This is Drunken Mastodon. This is pretty crazy out there shit, man. Okay. You know they're just like trying to take your mind, and it was like commercials. This is advertising. 
Remember those commercials that like this is your mind on drugs, <laughs> and they'd like smash the watermelon. <laughs> yeah. You know? Drunken mastodon smashes the watermelon of reality. You know. So they were forged. While on drugs. <laughs> in the radioactive hellfires of Chernobyl, and they broke out from within the concrete tomb to bring rock and to light the fire of rock and roll rock. around the world and to the next. So they've started, for some reason, playing random shows here in Winnipeg every once in a while. <laughs> Is there one so, that, like... I'm in. Yeah, I, if I uh, wanted to... February 1st, they're playing... Risk my, if you my want sanity. To, if, you want to, if you are okay with risking your sanity and really... You know, this is, you read this small print, there is a disclaimer. <laughs> but uh, 555 Osborne, they are, uh, they, in all humbleness, decided to uh, open for cheering for the bad guy. Oh, wow. So I think that's the next one uh, on the slate. Okay. Is that later this month? February 1st. February 1st. February no, 1st, yeah. That's Drunken Mastodon from Chernobyl. From Chernobyl. Well, they're not from Chernobyl, but. For some reason, they were there when the explosion happened. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I'm not going to go as far as to say that they caused it, but... Speculation. You know... Rumors flurries abound. Yeah, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here. But, you know, this does remind me of when the mouth boat came on Peg City Groove after touring Guam. Oh. Do you remember the Guam tour? Uh, bear, no, I mean, there's there's some things that are best mm. left forgotten. And uh, <laughs> some shit went down in Guam. Mm. And uh, we came, we made it back, but we Luckily, were never the same barely. again. Uh, well, Sam's not here. Who, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, Who he's is never Sam? the same. What is Sam? When is Sam? Sam, I'm not. There Sam was a not. Sam. There was a Sam. Uh, to uh, talk a bit about advertising, because I've got no possible segue. Uh, are there advertisements that uh, you guys like? Because last <coughs> year I took um, I took my dad for his birthday to the uh, the Cannes Lions commercial thing right. at the Wag. Now it's a, it's a pretty good time. I'd, I'd say it's, it's, it's possibly long. the best date you could ever go on. It's a very good date <laughs> night. I went with my dad. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Like it is like date, it is like two hours long, which is like too much commercial. But, but it's they're like funny and they make like you laugh. Bam, boom, one after another. They're very clever. They're very well shot. And they have the they're bronze, silver, and gold. Yeah, and they they actually judge them. Yeah. So you know, advertisements can be enjoyed. <laughs> Uh, I think like short films or music videos, there's there's, there's, a, there's a, a craft or like a knack to portraying something in a, in a short time span. Yes. Like I've seen some commercials that are you know a minute and a half long, and some that are you know just a typical twenty five seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my most memorable one from the Cannes film one was uh, this kid like freaking out in a superstore. It's from it's from Dutch. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it's, from, it's from Denmark. And, like, this kid's, like, freaking out, and he's throwing candies everywhere. He's like, I want bomb, bomb, mom, 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 son, mom, bomb, 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 bomb. And this, this young dad is, you know, like, kind of looking around like, ah, my kid, oh, sorry, sorry. And that just goes on forever. Like, this awkward child just massacring the supermarket and the dad who has no control over this kid. And then it just cuts to, like, use condoms. They work. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. And it's stuck in my head forever. And maybe not because it's a good 
advertising for condoms, which is because it's a good little short story. To the point. Yeah. yeah. And you're kind of wait. You're it's wondering because you know something's gonna happen. Maybe if it still catches you a bit off guard. Like, why is this kid <laughs> throwing a tantrum? Why does this? You know, like, yeah, what is it here? that he wants? And Do you have uh, kids? No. So it's worked, right? None of us have kids. <laughs> We're all terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked. It totally worked. This little Hellraiser can be running around like a superstore. I believe that. You know, I believe it. I have I have friends that have kids that I have, you know, like cousins and stuff that have kids and I stay at their house and they're great people kids are always stuff, making but people. Holy moly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, friends yeah. with kids are the best uh <sighs> birth control right there. Yeah. I don't want that. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank God I can walk home. I don't care if it's ten miles. Yeah. <laughs> no responsibility. I mean like having kids makes sense. <laughs> But there's nothing in the advertising world that has sold me on having kids. You know, there's no... I don't... Yeah. Well... Like, create more more meaning for yourself in life. Don't bank on a child to, like, give you this purpose in life. Well, it gives you something that you really have to do. What if you're, like, lost and unsure and having existential, like, doubts. Like, I'd rather, like, lose weight. Or, like, like (laughs) write a book. No. What about what attack. about if you're in a relationship that's failing and you want to save it? Isn't that <laughs> poke like? holes in the condom? That's, that's you can't argue with the results there. That means that shit's locked in for life. Yeah, I, I'm gonna poke holes in all my condoms from now on just to start a family. I deserve it. <laughs> After all the failed romances in my life, I, I, I deserve. But does person. Earth? Does Earth, does Earth, the does Earth question, deserve perhaps. little ginger dobs <laughs> running around? <laughs> you know what? Yes, yes. They, you know, I'd probably pay to see that. <laughs> My family can be a sideshow. Dobbs uh, cable couplets. access program. <laughs> <laughs> the Dobbsy bunch. Dobbs dynasty. Talk about advertising and that shit. You know, those guys aren't even rednecks. It's all a show. It's all there's pictures of them before they made their money. And they're just, they're just like, they're at the country club mm-hmm. with their buddies, with their fucking college. They just wear all their own pro- products on the TV Oh, it's such so bullshit. Like it's next. such a sham. Yeah. Uh, America. As most reality TV is, I'm oh, sure we all realize that by this point. Smashing. Wrestling isn't real. I want to talk about the idea of selling out, because like, I think car commercials and bands and those sort of things are really, uh, like in the last, like, I think <clears> 10 years, that's... <clears throat> really crossed over like I think mm-hmm. 10 years ago you couldn't be like, a cool band wasn't caught dead in a car commercial and then going back to Cannes Cannes Lions commercials or whatever like 4 years ago I saw the Yeah Yeah Yeahs doing oh. an Adidas commercial and I was like wow I really like this band and I still really like this band even though mm-hmm. they've done this horrendous set out thing but nowadays it's a diamond like it seems that bands are more punk rock about it in the sense that but yeah the- we'll take the money and we'll get our song out there in a thousand different ways and we're still an integral art band. Is that true? Yeah, well, okay, well, I have, sorry, Daryl. Well, I was just going to say, something. but I think that 10, 15 years ago, even the music industry was vastly different than it is today mm-hmm. and that bands, there there was like a different vehicle for bands to make money, whereas you don't, you don't make money in the through the labels anymore. Yeah, I yeah, was, think, I was thinking also that like back when there was more money to be made to labels, there was also more control by labels now like there's probably still is to a large you know for a lot of big big names and such but for more independently minded bands they have a little bit more control it's more like they're making the decision rather than they're on a label and they're kind of being given this proposal do this commercial sign over here so you can your song gets on it 
Maybe uh, that it seems that way. With yeah. like, what I you want to give credit to fans that are sort of making this decision because it's one of the better ways to get their song out there. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? But it's promoting a product that is generally viewed as one of like leading contributors to. Yeah. But Krusty you know, said world. it best, right? you know, and <laughs> it's like they 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 pulled a dump dump truck full of money up to my house, <laughs> you know, and like as if you couldn't do more good in the world without more money behind you. I don't know. It's just, it's a hard, it's a pretty hard question. We all want more money. What are these people doing with the money from their Dell computer commercial, though? Are they using it to further themselves in a better way? No Camaro. Canyon Air Room. This leads to Marge's road rage. Yeah. <laughs> like she's like spun out or something. I'm not saying that I'm not disgusted when I see artists sell out like that. I'm just saying that I can't honestly say that if somebody offered me a whole bunch of money for a song I wrote, that I might not be like, hey... You, like, I, I could pay money. my fucking mortgage yeah. for a little bit instead of being broke like I oh, have sure. forever. There's the practical side of it for sure. Actors who don't necessarily want to act in movies that they know will pay them a lot of money to do, you know, or yeah. what have you. But, but why do like the Flaming Lips need to do commercials? Or Will Arnett. Will Arnett does the voice of Dodge now, right? Yeah, Isn't right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like he could do anything. And there's yeah. even there's even other people like Sam Sam Elliott, Chris Elliott. No, not Chris Elliott. Sam Elliott. Famous actors who, yeah, do Dodge commercials or booze commercials or, or like something the like that. Guy yeah, the, the West Western guy for sure. Big Lebowski guy Tombstone. for sure. He's 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 narrating car commercials and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. you don't need to do that. This came up in a very recent episode where we're talking about, um, or I mentioned like uh, athletic superstars touting like products that they would, as athletes, probably never even consume. McDonald's, oh, McDonald's or sports drinks. Yeah. Which maybe they drink sports drinks, but these are people in like peak physical condition who just like burn through calories yeah. like nothing. And they have enough money as it is. Like Maria Sharapova doesn't need, you know, she has her sponsorship. She doesn't need like an extra contract for Pepsi or something. I hear the way the McDonald's Olympic campaign is run oh, is yeah. they throw them like a ridiculous amount of cash. But they, they learn the amount of money right before the shoot. So that's why those smiles are genuine when they're holding <laughs> this burger. And it's like, I oh. just made $2 million for standing here, you know? like It's very, yeah, it's, it's very kind of evil. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it it's very difficult to turn down very large sums of money for no work. You know, to oh, just yeah. keep on what you're doing. And it's a fraction. It's of, not for no yeah. work, though. You have to. We have to acknowledge okay. that artists work very hard to, you know, like write. But at music. that point, that they're, point, they're right. there at yeah, that time. Yeah, but so to be able are you, to use that. Are you getting? Yeah. Are you getting paid for what happens after that point? Or are you getting paid for what you've gone through? And you, as someone who's like tried to write, you know, music my whole life, or music that I maybe not. I I, I wouldn't say like pop music, but I like to like write stuff that I think someone might like to listen to mm-hmm. you know that maybe if I can get it to a level where someone wants to pay me for that work even if it's not in the way that I would want the most right. and it's like okay this is still a way for me to pay my bills without having to take some shitty job then is that so wrong that's up to you that's really up to you and your band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After we get the dump truck of, of money backed up to our house, right? yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll 
come back and we'll interview you after the Yeah, you know, sure, you know. We'll do it in my place. I'll have everybody over. We'll have a pool party. <laughs> Money-throwing <laughs> fight. Yeah, we'll have a money. <laughs> we'll have a money. We'll, we'll swim in money. That's what we'll do. I'm going to light all my cigarettes with 50s. Like in DuckTales, you know, when he'd like jump oh, into God, the money pit. Yeah. We're going to do that shit, man. We live it up. Because jumping into a thing of gold coins would not hurt. <laughs> you will be able to just dive just right split. through them. No, paper. You want <laughs> Dirty paper cuts. Pa- paper cuts. You know, in Canadian <laughs> money, um, they, they, so they they tested like a variety of Canadian bills to see what trace amounts of whatever is on Canadian bills. Uh, it's cocaine. Yeah. It, 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 it's like if in you Canada were to, too? in 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 a, a hundred bills of various sorts, you could get like one tenth of a gram of cocaine if you were like separated off the bills somehow. For all you th- fiends out there. What's a cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a cocaine is a type of rubber that they take from a type of tree <clears throat> based on type of soil. So if I need winter tires, I can scrape down my bills, is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's right. Coke your <laughs> summer tires in bills. <laughs> yeah. Every 100 tires. So are we getting to my song now? I think you're back up on the... All right. It actually works into this whole this whole idea that we've just been talking about really well of um, advertising and of selling out and of artists uh, uh, of artists endorsing because I've always been really disappointed especially after an artist has died when their estate sells a song to someone I just I hate that there's a lot of artists who are long past who make more annually than yeah. any of us are going to make in our entire lives. <laughs> well, like the Doors, for example. Now, say what you will about the Doors, but Jim Morrison, the, the, they offered the um, uh, what's the keyboard players Ray, uh, Ray yeah Ray Mazurk, right? He had signed this deal with Chevy for a whole bunch of money for Break on Through or Light My Light Fire, my fire yeah. Light My Fire for the Opal, right? And then Jim Morrison is this famous rant about how he's going to smash an opal on live TV if they don't tear up the contract, yada, yada, yada. Okay, Jim Morrison's dead, and all of a sudden you start hearing Doors songs in commercials. And I was like, well, I don't know, it just kind of bugs me. So in 1984, now, those of those who know me know me that I'm a big Springsteen fan. So... Bruce Springsteen obviously put out this huge hit song, Born in the USA, which is, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like his biggest record, or it is, it is his biggest record, his biggest hit record when he was kind of on top of the, on top of the world. If you look at the 80s Rolling Stone, Bruce Springsteen was on the cover of Rolling Stone more times than any other artist in the 80s, so he was like, kind of like this, we think back to the 80s and we think of like a lot of like the hair metal and all this other stuff that was going on, but... Springsteen was kind of owning it, so he came out with this song, and that and that record that was released in '84, but he actually wrote the song uh, to go along with his Nebraska recordings that he had done before Born in the USA. And Nebraska is this record that he had. Bruce was very kind of like dark and depressed. Um, is that the piano one? Well. Yeah, there's one that he. Re- I think we played a song off that. That's <clears> one that ended up being released. It was like he released the demos as the album or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's he, so he, good. It's like Elton John or Elvis Costello or something. Like. So he wrote Bruce. He he wrote Born in the USA for the Nebraska record. So there's yeah there's like Johnny ninety nine, Nebraska State Troopers used cars, kind of this very dark singer, songwriter folk kind of like, 
I don't know. It's a great record. Very. He wrote the whole thing, recorded it on an eight track, uh, in a hotel room. You know, and it was going to be the demo, and then he took it, you know, to, to the band, and he showed the band the whole record, and he recorded the whole thing with the whole band, and then scrapped it and released the demos. <laughs> so, Born in the USA had originally been intended for that release, but as he was sitting there, um, his Danny Federici, he was his, his longtime organ player, was sitting there. And uh, was sitting there with him, and he starts strumming the, strumming the, the, the chorus. And Danny Federici comes in with that keyboard part, which is the famous thing, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, that is some catchy shit, you know. <laughs> and then so it becomes this like classic epic rock song that people take is this like homage to the American way. And it's really not at all. If you listen to the lyrics, it's about this soldier who has been forced to go to Vietnam and fight in this pointless battle where he sees his friends slaughtered, and then he comes back to... Oh, he, he, sorry, he gets drafted because he gets in trouble, he, and he has, to, he has to leave the country. And then he goes to Vietnam, he fights in Vietnam, and he sees his buddies get butchered around him, and then goes back to be told, we don't have a job for you, there's no place for you in this society... And that's what it's like and, in the USA. That's just what it. And that's what, especially when you look at kind of like the the '80s and Reaganism was really taking hold. You know, Margaret Thatcher was. Uh, you, know, you just like shiver when you say her name. She's like the Ice Queen of <laughs> fucking. She's a hot babe. Oof. So. Rest in peace. It was. Oh, <laughs> uh, so she. So it was a bad, dark time for America and especially for middle America you know the factories are closing and this is when we're starting to see capital getting moved to to the third world and they're starting to you know like uh, all these industry towns are closing so that's what the song's about and then Ronald Reagan in 1984 goes and he hears the lyric and it was one of his speechwriters actually went to a Springsteen song and says, figured that Springsteen was a good He's like, oh, there's American flags on stage, and he's singing about being a being a working man, so he must be super patriotic. Not that Springsteen was unpatriotic, but he's pointing out the flaws in the system. So I've got um, a, campaign, a clip from a Reagan campaign speech. Now, I guess we should say that he Reagan went and took the song and actually used it on his with his ads and with his commercials and everything without Springsteen's knowledge and Springsteen you know like Springsteen fought it and told him like you can't do that and then there's this famous quote about um, <clears throat> after this campaign speech that we we're going to play uh, Reagan had a rally or and then Springsteen had a show which he addressed it and he was like well you know basically he doesn't he doesn't know any of my music like I wonder if this song if he'd if he'd even uh, if he'd know about this, and he, he started playing some st of the stuff off in Nebraska, basically saying like Reagan had no idea what he was speaking about and singing about. Yet here he was taking his music to, you know, try to get himself reelected. The ultra patriotic heights. Yeah, and he did get reelected. Yeah. Fuck. America's future rests in a thousand dreams inside your hearts. 
It rests in the message of hope in songs of a man so many young Americans admire, New Jersey's own Bruce Springsteen. Strategy for doubles or singles. 
Imagine what an hour of tennis instruction from the world's best could do for your game. Get Tennis with John Newcomb, plus his booklet of tennis tips, $4.99. Take like $6.99. This is Whether an you're a beginner <laughs> or an advanced player, get my album of tennis yeah. instruction and booklet of tennis tips. Be a part of the world's fastest growing sport, tennis. Okay, that, that really pushes the concept of album for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... Where are you gonna have your like your hi-fi stereo set up, but in your like living room? You're just gonna be there with your racket, like duck, duck, bring duck. it out to the court. High fidelity recording, yeah. recordings of this ball going back over the net. Duck, duck. I realize that these uh, these K-tells are getting in the way of like us talking about the song right away. No, I like that was a nice rec- that was a nice recording though of uh, Born in the USA. Well, it's just a bit of a different... Uh, yeah, more subdued. <laughs> some, some different, different look at it. A little different. different. He actually has... I was trying to find out. I couldn't find it, but this... An even more dark... An even more darker... Even darker... <laughs> uh, a darker version of it, which is like this really... It's kind of like a twangy... I think it's like on a steel string uh, blues version of it. That's just lots of space, just kind of like lots of like... Like sandpapery... Uh, tones that kind of just like kind of like like chords that just like jam, jam at you you know mm-hmm. just the way that that he presents it it's even it's even darker but I couldn't I couldn't find he's it he's a really dark songwriter I think that's like like the best example of a song being <clears throat> mis- misconstrued is Ronald Reagan Stand like this is the hearts and minds of teenagers and youth everywhere in America, mm-hmm. and he cuts to Bruce Springsteen, who's clearly talking it's about like, how America is down and out and needs to pick up its heels. I don't want to paint with broad strokes here, but all that was wrong with America was personifying itself with all that was right with America. You know? Do you mean that like in Reaganism way of like you know I like? Mean, Tennis. Everyone looked like they were at a tennis match. Speaking of John, <laughs> John Newcomb, but like you know, like you have like the sweater with the tie in the front and like the polo shirts. And even just, but I think Reagan even kind of like represents not not to such a stint as like the Bush era, but you know, like the one percenters and kind of like having the this like kind of like bullshit trickle down economic mm. theory that you know reagan's like oh we're just all going to tighten our belts and everybody's going to survive together it's like no that's bullshit and it was just you're going to survive with your cronies and we're going to make do by ourselves or die well that's what it means yeah we're gonna die die. in squalor and (laughs) filth you know it's fucking look at new york in the 80s it's unbelievable the crime stats and this it's a world that we can't ladies, yeah. we can't wrap our minds around. We can't understand it. I don't understand it. I can't begin to try to understand what it been what it would have been like to. I was reading uh, Monster, the autobiography of uh, Mon- like this uh, gangster and the Bloods in uh, nineteen eighty two, I guess. And at that point, the Bloods and the Crips occupied. Uh, something ridiculous like 87 mm. city blocks straight you know what I mean that's like it's like acres and acres mm-hmm. and hectares of, of space and land there know, is like, where the cops wouldn't go into they couldn't go into that's yeah. insane right yeah. to us in Winnipeg 
Right. That doesn't happen. The only time the cops don't go into something is when the jets come back and it's a circle of people dancing at Portage Beach. <laughs> playing, playing ball, playing speed hockey. You know, that's the only time that Drinking people have had a party, you know? Standing up on the medium. I have footage of that, actually. It's just like a bunch of, like, white guys just, like, like thundering their bellies, pouring Lucky and Molson Dry <laughs> all over themselves. I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I saw the footage. It's a great picture of a cop giving a guy a high five while he's drinking a beer. Oh, that's 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 the prairies for that's you. That's marketing for you. That's advertising. That's advertising right there. Hey, <laughs> WPS. WPIG. <laughs> My favorite Winnipeg joke or prairie joke. Uh, you can take tailor this to any province, really, but. Uh, so it's ninety-eight of percent. Oh, sorry, ninety-eight percent of Canadians say "oh shit" when their car spins out into the ditch. The other two percent are from Manitoba and say "hold my beer and watch this." <laughs> and I think that's just like you can apply that to anywhere. But when I, when I say it, Manitoba, it rings true to everyone all of a sudden. You know? Maybe that's more of a drinking and driving problem. Except we don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. I don't spin out, man. <laughs> yeah, straight into the ditch. Straight out of the ditch. Gonna hit that family of otters. Ducks. I saw some ducks crossing on Chief. Uh, Chief Peglis. Peglis Trail. Yeah, I was like, I think I was going out to the cabin or folk fest or something. But there's all these people that were on that. In, on that street there and they were so mad because these ducks were taking so long to cross <laughs> their own was just getting upset oh I, just, I thought they were gonna, I, you were going to say it like everybody was like oh yeah, exactly. no well I thought it was great I turned my car off and I start taking pictures and I'm like oh look at the mummy ducks and the little baby ducks and oh, it's a happy little duck family you know, but people are getting so Get mad. Get fucking ducks. Yeah. <laughs> and look then, at it from the duck's point of view. This is a portage, basically, <laughs> across, you know. A very risky portage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I think, basically, they had it down at quack. <laughs> Quack's the word. Quack, you know? quack, quack. Quack. <laughs> quack. Is that an old Tom Waits song? Remember that? Remember that song? Like, and ducks, 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 quack, quack. Quack quack, and he was talking about like how ducks are evil. You know, like like, like they'll come for you when you're asleep at the night. And ducks, ducks, <laughs> ducks. Like yeah, you can follow YouTube that if you want. Sounds like to. the Tom Waits or no, the Pogues is a Pogue song it about the worms, the worms crawling and the worms crawling <laughs> up your eyes and out your snout. See, like that makes sense. But whereas ducks, I I, I picture kind of harmless things. I've never they're feared fierce. a duck. Yeah, yeah right. no, they're fierce. And gooses and geeses, they're fierce. Yeah, a goose. Yeah, they're terrifying. Geese, geese are terrifying. They yeah. are. And they're big. They're, they're as big as you if you were on your knees. Like, like they won't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. I, I was on my knees trying to feed a, a goose, <laughs> and I realized all of a sudden this thing was eye height with me. Yeah. Yeah. They get angry quickly. Too. Yes. They just like they out of your league here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This, goose. Speak. This thing can fly, <laughs> and I can't. So probably yeah. run like just as fast. And yeah, kind of the best part of advertising, really. Geese. Affleck. Bring those together. So. <laughs> the Affleck commercials; those were a hit. Aff- the duck, the Affleck. Duck. I got you. I'm. I'm the <laughs> American commercials. Yeah. American A- football. Affleck the duck. Was it Ben Affleck? No, it was no, It was an insurance American company. Insurance company. Uh, I know. It's I know. You got to watch football, pretty much. I know. Yeah, Elf okay. ate cats. That was the running gag on that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was just a fetish thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't actually allowed to eat the cats. But you mentioned like a f- like football commercials. Like that's become a huge thing is the Super Bowl commercials every no, year. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like two million dollars for thirty and, seconds. And them not being shown, and like people going, companies going, yeah, go all out. I guess because it costs so much money. Yeah, what a ridiculous. Well, I was gonna say when you asked about commercials that we liked, I was gonna mention the. I, as much as I, I hate to admit it, the Budweiser commercial where they, they they went into that old timers hockey game and then, they they staged it. Do you, do you remember? I don't this? know. Okay, so th- what they did is there's this old timer hockey game playing in Ontario, and they brought this camera crew in under the guise of it being like a documentary, and they, so they just have the 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 camera crew in there for the first period, and it's like okay, it's the same, and then after the first period. All of a sudden, they bring in, uh, like, like ten thousand fans and like play by play guys, and they do the whole thing up like it's an NHL game. Yeah. And they've got like the wave going, and people <laughs> are going crazy for these teams. And these guys had no idea that this was going to happen, so it ended up being like a six-five game. And then they made this little, like it's the it's like a twenty-second commercial, but there's it's actually like a five-minute piece that you can see the whole behind-the-scenes huh. footage for it. Hmm. It's pretty cool because it was just these guys, you know, these people like us that go like I play playing senior, on like I play the, senior, the flash mob. I, yeah, I play senior <laughs> men's basketball. You know, yeah. it's just like a bunch of us old guys that can't play basketball anymore, yeah. going out having a good time. And it's the same idea. It's just this playing in a rink, you know. Like I doubt any of them ever played in the NHL or anything like right. that. But then yeah, just and like boom, crowd. boom, <laughs> crowd going, going crazy, bonkers. and the announcer is doing like play by play <laughs> and everything and. Yeah, it was really good. Hmm. But, uh, once again, that sounds more like a, a short. You know, like, like, like yeah. it, it's a cinematic piece all of a sudden. It's a concept for sure. It's a it's a concept. One of the uh, only recent like, because I haven't had a television in a long time. <coughs> but my with my previous job, I would watch TV. But I, the one I'm thinking of now, I watched on YouTube. I think I like saw a link to it, and it was the Jean Claude Van Damme. I was gonna say any commercial with JCVD. Volvo commercial (laughs) where he's straddling two trucks going backwards, and then they pull out and he does the splits, and it's Enya. Actually, I was tempted to play Enya. Sail away, because of that. But we played Enya recently. (laughs) It's a bit of a snooze fest as well. Uh, (laughs) Whenever I came home to my house, if Enya was playing, I I, I knew not to be there. (laughs) Yeah, that was like the tie on the. Yeah, right. Yeah, for my parents. Oh, your parents. I thought you meant a mention. There was two albums. There was Enya and uh, Guitars for Small Rooms, which was kind of like nylon string flamenco guitar. And if those two those two cases were on top of the speaker, take a walk. I was, gonna, I was gonna go fly a kite at eleven o'clock at night. Enya, hey, <laughs> that is, I don't know, I don't know that's cute, I guess. Yeah. You, you gotta do what you gotta do for sure. Yeah, whatever yeah. works. Whatever works. You gotta fan that flame. Yeah, I. It's either Anya or Yanni Melstream, or no, just just Yanni. There's two Yannis, right? Yingui, Yingui Melstream, and then there's <laughs> then there's Yanni, the mustache. A little bit different, but there's equally only one Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, David, I think you have another song for us to play. You kind of teased it earlier. I think we might as well get it in. Don't forget about. Don't forget to use sunscreen. Uh, by was it Baz Luthman? So this was used in an advertisement, was it not? Like I, I remember seeing it on. Maybe it was made into a music video. It's like a, it's like a four minute, five minute long piece though. It's like a feel good, happy thing. Yeah, I think it's it, like, it was. Yeah, it was used at some point for an ad. 
But I think this guy just went out on a limb and created this positive piece of music that is now this kind of, I don't know, loosely associated, it's spoken word mm-hmm. of its era, you know. All right. Well, let's check it out. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future, or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead. Sometimes you're behind. The race is long. And in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much. Or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. 
Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. Live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old, and when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse. But you never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me. On the sunscreen. John Belushi is on his way to a gold medal in the decathlon. They're setting the bar at seven feet. Here's his approach. <laughs> Belushi's won the gold. Now he's going for the world's record. He's making his move. They're in the final turn. He's kicking it in. He's got it. I walked a lot of miles training for that day, and I downed a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. They taste good, and they've got the sugar I need to get me going in the morning. That's why little chocolate donuts have been on my training table since I was a kid. Little chocolate donuts, the donuts of champions. There are hamburgers, and there are delicious, juicy hamburgers. There are steaks, and there are thick, tender steaks. There are cold duck wines, and there is a great new Canadian discovery: Valley Rouge Baby Duckling Wine, light, bubbling, and delicious. It's the same color. Oh, yeah, more duckling. That's just a little bit better and doesn't cost any more. That's why everyone is changing the Valley Rouge <laughs> Baby Duckling Wine. Oh. Sweet. That yeah. was on way too high of a shelf to. A lady hit a guy with a or umbrella. <laughs> and like was totally cool with it. Like, huh? Yeah. You deserve that. Yeah. So I didn't realize that KTEL was based out of like it originated in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. And then like spread. I mean, it had markets. In I only thought that was Wilson's. Different, uh, different countries and overseas and all sorts of shit. Isn't yeah. KTEL uh, some sort of Chantel Kreviazic? Legacy or something like that, like her family legacy. Yeah, I think that's her dad is the head of yeah. KTEL or something. Like yeah, that. I heard something like that. I don't know how how valid it is or whatever, but who knows? We'll get our fact checkers. You hear that? There you go. Get to work, <laughs> you lazy bums. Get interwebbing. They're getting to work. Sure, go for some donuts right now. <laughs> <laughs> or or cigarettes. Please, ads are getting to me. Yeah. I had an American Marlboro the other day. And it was the best cigarette I've had ever. Like, like Canadian cigarettes just don't even compare to American cigarettes. American cigarettes taste like flaming manure. I don't understand the appeal of them. I don't know. Like Charl, Charl. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. They're really good. <laughs> Chesterfields. Well, I don't smoke, but when I went down to Cuba, 
Lucky Strikes are everywhere for right. like a yeah. penny. <laughs> yeah. So everybody smokes Lucky Strikes because you can't, you know, smoke anything more fun down there because you'll get <laughs> shot. <laughs> so everyone's smoking Lucky Strikes. It's fun because I kind of feel like I'm in a Mad Men commercial. Um, <laughs> Lucky Strikes are expensive sometimes. Not in Cuba. <laughs> Not Cuba though. They're like they're like an imported brand in the states. South American special. Go to Vegas. There's like fifty. 60 different kinds of cigarettes ranging from $3 to $7. <laughs> like, oh man, $7 for a pack of cigarettes. I like here where you have to take out a mortgage to buy a pack of You know what? I'm going to have to say, as far as advertising, cigarettes seem to be the craziest thing. They're, they're the only uh, product that blatantly says, don't use this. Yeah, and is it not, is it illegal now? What's the deal? Because you can't, you can't advertise it to minors. Right. But they used to like they're big sponsors for things like Formula One or something. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Like yeah. You're, you're not allowed to. Um, cool. Even the cool ads in the. In magazines, they used to be all over magazine ads. Smoother, better. If they still do, or maybe it just has to be like subtler or something. We somehow got on this this mailing list from I think Benson and Hedges was at a party or not not long a party but like at a bar or a, uh, an event or something and it must have been an eighteen plus event because they'd go up to people. And they'd ask you if you were a smoker. And then if you replied in the affirmative, then they would keep going on. But otherwise, they'd just walk away because they're not allowed. This sounds familiar. They're not allowed to talk to you. If you don't say that you're already a smoker, then they're not allowed to talk to you. But if you say you're already a smoker. It waives all your rights at that point. they They can advertise to you. So we were at this thing, and for whatever reason, I think we got a free like beer koozie out of it or whatever. I did this and it, I, as a non-smoker. I did the smoking survey to get the free crap. You yeah. know, I just made it up. I can remember when I used to buy Benson and Hedges for Timnel mm-hmm. back in the day, and uh, Lord Roberts there. And <laughs> when Benson and Hedges were eleven dollars, and that was really expensive. <laughs> oh God! Uh, now they're seventeen dollars. But so, so they they have this 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 survey that we do, and uh, we uh, so afterwards we end up in the in the mail like three times a year now. I get this magazine that's about an half an inch thick, and it's just advertisements, and it's all <laughs> yeah, it's like all smoking ads. It's because they've realized <laughs> because they've established that you are a plus, you're over eighteen, and you're already a smoker. They're allowed to advertise to you. So they send us, and like I said, we're non-smokers, so it just, you know, threw out my fire. But how long yeah. have you been getting? Like, you still get these, or this? I don't know the last yeah. time. But still, but it's, you know, that's ridiculous. One of my roommates was a smoker, so that's why, how it... It's so like, here, you might find this literature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was it was literally just glossy ad, glossy ad, glossy ad, glossy ad. There was no, well, there was no magazine. There certainly, no like, content. most sort of mainstream magazines now, when you open them, there's, like, a good... 10, 11 pages of just oh, yeah. advertisements. Oh, yeah. And I haven't, I don't buy most magazines, <clears throat> but if I, like, even, like, unless it's, like, just to read stuff, but, like, if I were to buy one of these, I think looking at the pictures is one of the reasons you would buy one. And advertisements, you know, they do a good job. They're, they're there to look well, at. They're there to look The Winnipeg look Folk Festival guide that they hand out to you when you're camping or at the festival or whatever, it's, yeah. you know, I always rip out all the ads. And I'm left with a third of the book. Yeah. You know, and like it's yeah. it's actually useful information, but the other two thirds are just like, you know. Yeah, so the same with the student calendar for, for school, for university. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, like I haven't been to university soon for a while now. 
But back when I was a university student, we'd rip them. <laughs> <laughs> we'd we'd, we'd go through and they'd, they'd rip them all out. And like every page out, and it would be a much, 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 much smaller booklet. It's just gross. I was talking to the guys from Over the Moon Radio on UMFM. Uh, we're thinking of putting together a quote-unquote hipster uh, calendar. So, you know, like you unisex, girls and guys, but like kind of like stripped down hipsters. So maybe a guy wearing like some Joe Boxers and a toque or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some girl wearing crocheted underwear. A model for a price. There you go. Bring a dump stuff. <laughs> I was just going to ask you if you wanted to buy one. But dump truck full of pr- <laughs> <laughs> money up oh, the house. I thought you were going to say bring a dubstep record to pose along with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the dubstep, man. <laughs> Get freaky is, with it, you know? Isn't this a dubstep show? Is this <laughs> why we're here? That's all I listen to. Just getting my fucking crazy on. <laughs> Get my, my crocheted uh, underoos. My mac and cheese. You know the mac and cheese? I was in Toronto in December, and it, there's mac and cheese places everywhere. I was like, I'm going to have my, my $7 bowl of mac and cheese oh man interesting awful it's awful it's awful except there's this one bar and it was the, the <laughs> coolest little it's delicious because i found yeah. this cool little pub called the union which is uh it's a cool little place a small it's you can actually get like a beer for under five dollars which is a feat in toronto <laughs> and there's a mac and cheese place across the street that will deliver to the patio <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. that's you gotta give them some credit that's awesome know? I remember the first time I was in Toronto, and I ordered a bottle of Club. So I figured that would be the cheapest thing, and I could, you know, base prices on that. And they g- I gave him a $5 bill, and the guy gave me a nickel. And I was like, <laughs> yo, is there another, like, dollar twenty on, on the back end of this? Like, and he's like, you just gave me this look. I'm like, what? No. And then I read the sign. It's a four ninety five for a Club. And I'm like, a bottle that was in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I was two years old. It was, it was crazy. No, that was uh, probably f- f- six six years ago. No, it's double that now. And in the strip clubs, it was $10 a beer. Yeah. I was there for work. What kind of work do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was there for work. Lubricants. <laughs> leave, it, leave it at that. He goes by double D. <laughs> I was there for work. Can verify my employers. <laughs> I don't believe you have employers. <laughs> many, They're called pimps. Many employers. Uh, I went to I went to a basketball game when I was in Toronto and the, the Raptors beer, Raptors game. Yeah, uh, it it was uh, it was like eighteen bucks for a beer. Yeah, my cousin bought me a beer. Was it a twelve ounce like, beer though? It was a big beer. Yeah, but it was a lot of money. It's like it was like forty six dollars for. Our, Four right. drinks, five right. drinks. Three. For three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm good at math. I was talking Dungeons Nails in Toronto with Bajas and Peaches. And it was $12 a beer. 24 bucks for two beers. That's about what it's like here now. Last Jets game I went to is, yeah, something ridiculous for a beer. 10 bucks for a beer or something like that. Uh, you can get the extra upsize, which is like a I another do like, shot of beer for three more bucks or something. Like I do that. like the bottoms up. I gotta give him some credit for that. What's that? The bottoms. It's the beer that fills from yeah, the bottom. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Apparently, it was some uh, university student in Florida who's just playing around and came up with the idea and made made his millions from it. You know, because it's just it's got a magnet. It's like it's got you've got your plastic cup and then there's a hole in the bottom of the cup. Right. And then there's a rim, a, a ring of magnet on the inside, 
and then there's a circular magnet that goes on the outside. So they put the beer on the spout, which pierces the cup from the bottom, and shoots the beer up, thus there's no head. Oh, okay. And then as you pop it off, this magnet goes and closes and seals, so you've got your beer. That's bizarre. It's I've never heard of that. Bizarre. They and have the, that here now for they have dispensing or whatever? Since the Jets came back, yeah. And they you the first year they had really shallow ridges on the cup, so you'd be fingering your hole and you'd get your pants all wet. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened to me every Jets game, my pants were so Oops, sorry. We had some uh, technical difficulties there with the equipment. Uh, apparently, Daryl talking about fingering his hole shut down the uh, recorder. Um, so we're cutting right back in for just the last uh, five minutes of the show. All right, so you've been listening to uh, Witch Police Radio. Uh, if you couldn't tell from before, the theme has been advertising. And uh, I've been joined by three guests tonight. There's Daryl Riley, return guest Daryl. Thanks for, for coming out. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you've you're in a couple. You're in a band. <laughs> what is your band's name? I play with the Grills of Soul. And uh, you guys have been recording a bit. Yeah, we just got last three years finished in the studio. Well, we just got finished in the studio since we were kind of in uh, in the fall there recording with Lloyd Peterson. Uh, had a whole. He brought the personality. You guys brought like the funk, yeah, and the love. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, Lloyd Price, Lloyd Peterson. Yeah. Oh, Lloyd Peterson is a Winnipeg engineer. Yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. Okay, is, cool. Is he a sled dog? Is uh, he sled dog? No, he is. What's his Wonder Dog? Wonder Dog. Yeah, that's Wonder it. Sorry, dog. sorry, yeah. Recording. I've had a blast. Actually, we were just in on Monday uh, finishing up the trombone, but we got a full. We got like his parts. In the um, on the record where I'm playing, there's like two two or three guitar tracks. Plus I'm playing tenor and barry saxophone, and singing, all at the same Bloody time. Bloody you! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's that's only like a small part of what's going on in the song because we all forgot we got like a full horn section and mm-hmm. three backup singers and then the band, cool, who's awesome, and then Noma, my lead singer, who's amazing. So, yeah, she's she's in Zimbabwe right now. Uh, Wow. <laughs> yeah, she's well. She's from Zimbabwe, and then she got chased out uh, in, uh, in the eighties because of political reasons, and she's never been able to go back. So she's back there right now for the first time. So Crazy. That's pretty sweet. So, anyways, we get uh, once she gets back in town, we have a couple things we have to finish up, and then we're gonna do a kind of a soft release of a five-song electronic sort of thing and uh, electronic release, not electronic music in the spring and then do a full album our full album release in the fall hopefully okay and you've got a radio show of your own yeah peg city groove fridays five to five to six p.m cku 95.9 fm we are winnipeg's premier local music show we uh yeah, I think you're appreciated by anyone who's been playing music in Winnipeg. Well, the, music, artists, years. anything. We just we try to bring people on and let them kind of like have their say. And we don't. Kent Davies and I have been hosting it together for years, and we don't try to guide it too much. We just kind of, you know, like turn on the turn on the power and you know see what's going to happen. That's why you know you guys have both been on the show a whole bunch of times, and we've had we have a crazy time, a whole bunch of fun. Try not to get too rigid with anything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can you can check it all out cgw.ca uh, all our shows are streamed uh, and you can download it all 
Excellent. And we've had the members of uh, Vampires. We've got David <coughs> and Matthew here. Thanks for coming in, guys. Oh, Thanks for having us. Totally. Yeah. It's been great. What's going on with Vampires? How can people check out some of your, your music? Vampiresband.bandcamp.com uh, for the latest. And uh, I don't know, we've got a demo, maybe an album coming out soon, hopefully. A whole bunch of new tracks that Matthew's been helping helping write. Uh, we got a show, Big Fun Festival, on January 24th, which I think is pretty much right after this air date. Yeah. So uh, come check us out at the Legion. We're playing with Surprise Party and Wizards from Saskatoon. Yeah, that's the one in Osborne, right? Yeah, the Legion. on River, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. Uniter showcase, so to speak. We're opening. That's right. Mm. People should just check out the Big Fun Festival. Right? Yeah, it's oh, in general. So many it's gonna be great, great nights. Yeah. During the break, we're talking night. about B.A. Johnson and how awesome and awesome and awesome he is. Oh, so good. And that uh, Venetian Snares and the Hog Frog show. I mm -hmm. mean, like, uh, Matt's. That's very cool, isn't it? it? Yeah. Very cool. And so then there's the Sherp that you're working. Oh, and the Sherby with yeah. Dead Ranch and Potatoes, yeah. man. That's going to be awesome, yeah. No, I'm really happy to be a part of it and carrying through, yeah. Great. And you've got a radio show uh, of your own? I do. Hell yeah, Winnipeg, uh, 8 to 9 on 101.5 FM. Uh, Winnipeg's uh, secondary uh, local music scene uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, on, no, no, that's no, on no. Tuesdays. No, no, no. <laughs> Hold on a second here. You take music from Winnipeg and compare it to music, the music scene from around this country, which that's is right. super cool. I just talk about local music. Fair We're enough. not in competition. We are brothers in arms. Okay, so hell yeah, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg's premier uh, <laughs> comparing Winnipeg to other cities. TV, TV show. <laughs> Webcam radio cable access. <laughs> uh, Tara, Tara, need to go home. Your lights are on, Tara. <laughs> Do you ever listen to like the, the radio station up north? It's like they'll be playing a song and halfway through they'll just fade down and be like, can John please call the school? Thank you. And like just fade back right up. <laughs> All right, so we're going to uh, just close out on some Tom Waits with uh, Step Right Up. It's a very uh, ad appropriate tune. Uh, thanks for tuning in for the episode of Police Radio. Everyone's a winner, bargains galore. That's right, you too can be the proud owner of the quality goes in before that name goes on. One tenth of a dollar, one tenth of a dollar. We got service after the sale. How about perfume? We got perfume. How about an engagement ring? Some for the little lady, some for the little lady, some for the little lady. Three, four dollars. We got a year end clearance. We got our white sale and a smoke damaged furniture. You can drive it away today. Act now, act now. And receive is our gift. Our gift to you, they come in all colors, one size fits all. No must, no fuss, no spills, you tired of kitchen drudgery, everything must go. Going out of business, going out of business, going out of business. 50% off original retail price, skip the middleman. Don't settle for less, how do we do it, how do we do it? Volume, volume, turn up the volume. you heard it advertised, don't hesitate, don't be caught with the drawers down. Don't be caught with the drawers down. You can step right up, step right up.
lasts a lifetime, mows your lawn. And it mows your lawn and it picks up the kids from school. It gets rid of unwanted facial hair. It gets rid of embarrassing age spots. It delivers a pizza. And it lengthens. And it strengthens. And it finds that slipper that's been at large under the chase lounge for several weeks. And it plays a mean rhythm master. It makes excuses for unwanted lipstick on your collar. And it's only a dollar. Step right up. Your signature not completely satisfied. Mail back on you, portion of product for complete refund of price of purchase. Step right up. Please allow 30 days for delivery. Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. You can live in it, living it, laughing it, loving it, swimming it, sleeping it, living it, swimming it, laughing it, loving it. Remove embarrassing stains from contour sheets. That's right. And it entertains visiting relatives. It turns a sandwich into a banquet. Tired of being the life of the Change your shorts, change your life, change your life, change into a nine-year-old Hindu boy, get rid of your wife, and it walks your dog, and it doubles on sacks, doubles on sacks, you can jump back, Jack, see you later, alligator, see you later, alligator, and it steals your car, it gets rid of your gambling debts, it quits smoking, it's a friend, it's a companion, it's the only product you will ever need, follow these easy assembly instructions, it never needs dining, well, it takes weights off hips, busts, thighs, chin, midriff, gives you dandruff, and it finds you a job. It is a job. And it strips the phone cover, it retakes into a exchange, and it gives you denture, rather. And you know it's a friend, and it's a companion, and it gets rid of your traveler's checks. It's new, it's improved, it's old-fashioned. Well, it takes care of business, never needs winding, never needs winding, never needs winding. Gets rid of blackheads, heartbreakers, psoriasis, Christ, you don't know the meaning of heartbreak, buddy. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Cause it's effective, it's defective. It creates household odors, it disinfects, it sanitizes for your protection. It gives you an erection, it wins the election. Why put up with painful coins any longer? It's a redeemable coupon, no obligation, no salesman will visit your home. We got a jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. Prizes, prizes, prizes. All work guaranteed. How do we do it? 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 We need your business. We're going out of business. We'll give you the business. Get on the business end of all. Going out of business, say we'll receive all. Free brochure. Free brochure. Read the easy to follow. Assembly instructions. Batteries not included. Send before midnight tomorrow. Terms available. Step right up. Step right up. Step right up. You got it, buddy. A large print giver and a small print taketh away. Step right up. You can step right up. You can step right up. Come on, step right up.